We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're excited to give you this Patty Casey-less interview with Noah Graham. I'm sure the listeners, you know, there might be some that are that are happy to hear that. Let me button in. You know what I mean? However, there's. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of loyal listeners that are devastated. So I mean, half our listeners are Scranton people, so they're, <laughs> yeah, they're probably, sick, probably <laughs> sick and tired of, of hearing me. But uh, no, they'll be tuned in for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, ex- excited to give you guys this. I'm sorry, Swider. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry, listeners, that I couldn't be there. But um, from all accounts, it was a great interview. Swider and one count the bucket. First off, I'd like to say thank you to my man Noah Gray for coming on the show. It's been a while, Noah, but uh, ha- happy to have you on, man. H- how you been? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me, dog. This is fun. This is cool, man. Yeah, man. So it's actually been probably since, actually, no, on my official visit to Duke, we hung out a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a while since, since I saw you, so it's you got a lot to catch up on, man. Yeah, man. When did we play together? We played AU, what, sixth or seventh grade? together yes yeah, seventh grade eighth grade nationals so it's been, it's been a it's been a crazy journey since man look where we are now <laughs> dude, it's cool man i was hyped for you dude like when you got drafted or, i mean when you came out um and because you were at villanova for a little bit right yeah yep, you went to syracuse for your last year yeah, yeah man, man. So. I, I was i was hyped for you i would always follow you bro because i didn't you know, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of guys. Like, I think you're the only guy that I actually, like, played with. And we only played for that one tournament. But, like, I actually yeah. went on to play in, in the NBA. And I was playing a lot of basketball when I was younger. So, like, I thought it was pretty cool when you came out. And, you know, now you're playing for the Lakers, dude. So, that's pretty pretty sweet, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, I mean, first off, just how you feeling? How, how's the season going for you? I mean, I know in the NFL the injuries are crazy. So, you, how, how you holding up? I'm um, great, man. Yeah, it's uh, – a long season going from like 12 games in college to 17 um and they just expanded the nfl um by a game last year um and then you know i play for the chiefs so you know i play full preseason then we're in the playoffs and we get pretty deep um so i think last year was probably last year was pretty tough just because like it was literally almost two basically two college regular seasons um in one season, you know, you play like 20 something games, like 23 games. I think I played last year and I was a rookie. So I had to grind in preseason and, uh, you know, I had to play a lot of minutes in those preseason games and let the, let the vets rest. And then you just get rolling, dude. So I've been, I've been blessed though. I haven't, uh, been, uh, you know, too dinged up. I've been pretty healthy, which has been awesome. So 
it's uh it's been good man this year's been good and we're winning games unfortunately we just lost to the Bengals last night which is brutal but yeah. uh hopefully we'll get those guys again in the playoffs yeah man it's, it's a part of it though and it's they tell us in professional sports all the time like you can't worry about one game like you play so many games like you just gotta keep on moving on so I, I can only imagine but uh let's go back to middle school man obviously we played together in AAU Nationals um it's cra- crazy thing about now, but uh, what made you fall in love with football, and what made you choose football over basketball? Because I mean, a lot people people from around out around the area know, but you probably could have been a Division One basketball player if, if you stuck to it. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that though, man. I appreciate that. I think uh, when you joined our AU squad uh, for that one tournament, I think it was down in Florida. Like I don't know, there's just a lot of perspective there. Like you know, I'm not the tallest dude. You know, and like I was playing power forward, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm 6'3". So it's like, I think a, a little bit of realism there, you know, I, and don't get me wrong, basketball is like my favorite sport growing up. It's still my favorite sport. Like, I love playing pickup basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, between that and pickleball right now, like, that's what I grind in the off season sometimes because it's just fun, man. Like, it's a great sport. And, uh, but like being around guys like you, being around some of those, some of those other guys, like you just kind of be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to make it in the sport. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't really like, I can dunk a basketball, but I can't do it consistently. I'm not a great shooter and I'm like the size of a guard. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at football. So I'll probably just, uh, go this other route. And, um, so oh, I started like really, uh, getting into football. I've been I've playing tackle football since I was like six years old. Wow. Um, and I never, I never stopped. Um, and then my dad is like, Hey, like, you know, you could, you could probably play football at the next level. And he would drive me up and down the East coast, taking me from, uh, camp to camp, trying to, you know, get in front of some college coaches. And it kind of just took off from there. I just kind of fell in love with it. And all I wanted to do was play football. So, uh, I think by the time I was like a junior in high school, I was just kind of done with the whole basketball route. And I kind of just threw everything into football, but man, I love basketball. I mean, it's nothing like. It being cold outside, you get to go and play in the gym, man. That's that was always <laughs> for sure. Nah, for sure, man. Um, but but when I met you, you were originally a quarterback. So talk about when you had to make that transition from quarterback to tight end, and and when did you realize that in terms of you going to college, like that was going to be your, your best opportunity? It's really kind of the same development as basketball. Like I I would show up. Uh, to these camps and I went to Boston College for three years uh, at their camp and I would go as a quarterback um, and just every year they're like oh yeah I just kind of want to see you develop and I was like all right cool 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 and then I went down to UNC and uh, I was playing and I was at one of their camps and I was actually going to go back to back days for them like UNC was my dream school uh, believe it or not I went to Duke um, but I was like man I need to go to the UNC so I, I went played a little quarterback after the camp, I went up to the quarterback coach. I'm like, hey, uh, what do you like think? Like, should I come back tomorrow as a quarterback? Um, but I was also thinking about maybe coming as a receiver. He goes, oh, yeah, definitely go as a receiver. Like, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, definitely, if you come back tomorrow, go as a receiver. Yeah. So I show, I show back up the next day, um, and I get with the, the tight ends coach. Quarterback coach never even, like, made eye contact with me. Like, I walked right <laughs> by him in the same line. Super awkward. Like, I can't even believe my dad made me do that uh i think i was a sophomore in high school but i think i realized then i'm like yeah like if i actually want to do something uh with this beyond high school i should probably switch positions um so then like by the time my senior year rolled around and really i was only kind of thrown in a quarterback because 
like our backup quarterback in high school was a legitimate D tackle. Like the dude yeah. was like almost like I don't know, like 260 pounds, like just kind of a dude that could throw the ball, but he didn't know how to play quarterback. We didn't have anyone else to play it. So I was kind of thrown into that position. And then my coach was finally just like, all right, dude, like you're going to play tight end at the next level. We might as well throw you in here for the last half of the season. Um, you know, and I love scoring touchdowns, catching touchdowns. It was kind of a passion of mine. And like, I would go to these camps and their the coaches would be like, all right, yeah, you're definitely a re- receiver tight end. Um, you know, we can just throw the quarterback stuff to the side. And that's kind of the route that I took. I've always been kind of a realist about it. Like basketball, yeah. like you just realize that you're not going to be a good basketball player at the next level. And I wanted to be as successful as I can and play sports for as long as I can possible. Um, you know, and that was just kind of like the, the reality of my situation, you know, growing up like that. So going off that North Carolina camp, talk about the recruitment process of football because obviously it's a lot different than basketball. Basketball, we get to go to tournaments. You get to go to live tournaments in July. A college coach is lined up on the sideline. And football, it's a little different. You have to go to camps. And if you can elaborate on that process a little bit and just tell, tell the average person at home just about that. Yeah, so for me, because I played uh, quarterback, there wasn't a lot of tape to base it off of. And I'm also from Massachusetts. Like exactly. Massachusetts – you in that New England area, like New York, Mass, like it's basketball and hockey, really, and lacrosse, um, you know. But for football, um, it's a little bit different. And there's some guys like AJ Dillon, um, yep. who went to Lawrence Academy, absolute dog. He's playing for the Packers right now. Great dude, you know. But like that's a guy that like his film as a running back showed that he was going to be a running back at the next level. He probably he went to camps. I remember uh, going to some camps with him, but. You know what he was doing on film that was attractive to coaches and coaches would literally just show up to his games and you know they'd be super excited about it and it was great but i played quarterback so for me um it was hard because i would talk to these coaches and like oh yeah but you know you're not a quarterback and i'm like well i can play at the next level i know that i can um but they're like all right well you come to camp so like that was a big thing like physically showing up to these camps um, and my dad hated flying, like could not, like still, <laughs> I remember that. he struggles, he struggles to get on a plane. Like when we went down to that Florida tournament in middle Orlando, school, you guys drove, yeah. he drove all the way down there. It was like, a, like, we drove straight through, like it was like 24 hours from Massachusetts. It was awful, brutal, but like he would not fly. So he was like, all right, like, you know, I want you to, you know, get an offer. I want you to play in college. So like, let's go down. Let's, let's create a calendar and we're just going to go down the East coast and we're going to hit all these schools. So I literally drove, you know, went to Boston college. I went down and that's when I played quarterback. Then I was done that. And then I was like, all right, uh, we went to temple played just tight end. I'm like, I'm just going to sell out tight end right now. And this is going into my uh, senior year. So yep, my yep. junior year just finished up. So I went to temple and then I went to UNC tight end. I went to Duke tight end. Then I drove out to Appalachian state tight end. Well, then I started kind of like I was get I got an offer. I think my first offer was like UNH or something. Yeah. But UNH offered me as a tight end because I showed up to their camp as well before I, I had started heading south. Um, and then Temple offered me. So then I could like start telling coaches like, all right, hey, like these schools offer me as a tight end. I showed up to the camp. So then they'd be like, oh, cool. We don't have any film. You use a tight end. Come to our camp. So I was like, all right, cool. Went to Duke. Tight end only. Duke ended up offering me like. Uh, a week later they had to vet some people at my high school 
as a tight end. Then I went to App State. I was like, yeah, App State never heard of me, bro. Like I had all these offers for a tight end and it was kind of growing on like the 24 seven website. But I yeah. literally, my dad drove me to App State, which is like probably three and a half hours from Durham, North Carolina. I show up there and I run my 40 and it was pretty decent. Like, I mean, we all look stupid out there because we haven't got no training. So we're just running. <laughs> oh man, you ran like a, like a four seven as a tight end. Like that's, that's pretty fast. Like, what's your name? I was like, Oh no. He's like, do you have any offers? I'm like, dude, no one has any idea who I am. So yeah. after the camp, coach Satterfield, who, uh, I think he might get a job, uh, man, he might get picked up at Cincinnati now because their coach left, but he's, he, he's been the coach at Louisville, but he was coach at App State before. And he's like, Hey, I want to offer, like, we're going to offer you right now. I'm like, that's crazy. So then BC actually sees, that I'm getting offers from these schools and then they're like, they're calling me and he's like, Hey, like we just need you to come to camp and be a tight end. Like we just need to see you. I'm like, dog, I've been to camp for three and a half three, years. Yeah. <laughs> I've showed up three years. I wanted to go to BC. You guys still haven't offered me. Why am I going to go back there and run as a tight end? Like, you know, I'm an athletic dude. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what else you want from me. So uh, eventually I just kind of fell in love with, uh, you know, Coach Cud and, and Duke and thought it was a good fit for me. Um, and I had schools like hit me up, hey, we just need you to come to camp. And at that time I was tired, dude. Like I think that summer that was like I probably had to been to like seven or eight schools, like physically had to show up there and go through this whole seven hour ordeal where I'm playing football, doing all this stupid 40 testing and then, like, finally they'd offer me at the end, get a call from another school, hey, come here, come here, I'll be there. And it's like, dude, like, yeah, I mean, like, some of the some of the other schools who I've been to before is like, oh, we just need you to come here. I'm like, dog, I'm too tired, man. Like, this is a lot for some 16-year-old yeah, yeah. kid, man. So that's kind of how it went. And then uh, Duke offered me, I fell in love, and I just kind of committed there. So, um, and it was the best decision I ever made, and I still stand by that to this day. Yeah, man, that process sounds crazy. And, and you talk about coming from Massachusetts, like there's not a, there's not a whole bunch of NFL guys who came from Massachusetts. I mean, over the years, probably probably a couple, but I mean, one thing I get out of that is like you really worked for that scout, these scholarship offers. Like nothing was given to you. You you were traveling all over the place, and I think that's one of the things that goes under the radar for some of these kids. It's like they just expect the guys to come to them. Like no, like if you want this, you got to go and get it. And I feel like this is such a great example of like someone just going to get it. But going off of that, you said you committed to Duke. Um, talk about that transition to college a little bit, because obviously for me, high school to college was the biggest transition. And for you, now you're playing a, a position that you're. it's the first time you're actually playing it uh, for, for, for a consistent season. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, man, it was hard. It was tough, especially because I had only like half of a high school season at tight end. And like the game is so much different. Oh, like yeah. You could have some of the best players in high school – and they'll show up to college, and it'll be anywhere, dude, like any program. And, like, they're either going to fold or they're going to, you know, take what they're uh, learning from their coaches and they're going to run with it. And um, I look silly, dude. I look so silly. Like, you should have seen me try to block some of these guys, man. Like, I would pull the wrong way and run into, like, my own teammates. Like, I'd be trying to block a dude and just get absolutely driven back, like, five yards in the backfield and i was like hey i blocked the guy like he didn't make the tackle i'm five yards deep in the backfield and the coach is like no what are you doing here you know like it just it was it was tough for the first year but i had some great coaches to kind of help me and, and guide me um you know 
my first tight end coach was he was actually an offensive line guy that they kind of just threw at tight end. So he was actually a huge reason into why I was able to kind of develop and like learn how to block. Cause I think that was the biggest thing. Like I was yeah. athletic enough to run around and catch passes and stuff, but like blocking a dude who's six, five and 280, 290 pounds is just something that you need a lot of like technique for, um, you know, it takes a lot of technique and then obviously you had to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that I struggled with. Um, but man, I, I, I had some dude show me some film like a few years ago. He was the, like a junior when I was a freshman and it just looks silly, bro. But that's just the way it is, bro. And yeah. it's honestly like the other tight end that came in with me felt the same way. And it's just like looking back on it now, it's like, it's funny because like it's five years removed, but man, it was a, it was definitely a grind. And, um, you know, even if you played the position, you know, for your entire life, like that transition, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in, in basketball, you know, oh, going time. from like AU and the prep schools and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's just a different animal, you know? And then from there to the, from college to the NFL, it's like another big jump, you know what I mean? Cause then it's like, all right, you take away the school and all the time that you got to study, like uh, preparing for school. And then on top of like football and basketball, then it's all, it's literally just your job now. Like you do yeah. it 24 seven and there's just more details that like these coaches expect you to know. So, um, you know, but honestly, I was I, I was grateful to have pretty good coaches to kind of help me with that transition. Yeah, big time, man. Going off of that, when did you know the NFL was a real possibility for you? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I think after my maybe my junior year, like I didn't, I tried not to think about it too much just because I didn't want me to, uh, get too over my head about it or, um, be stressed about it, you know? So I, I think after my junior year going into my senior year, like obviously like the, the Reese senior bowl starts to reach out to people about the watch list. And, um, you know, obviously, if you do the Reese Senior Bowl, you don't just do that because it's like an opportunity to play one more final college game. Like it's an exactly. opportunity to interview with NFL scouts and um, you know show them how you're going to match up against some of the best guys coming out um, in, into that draft year. So uh, you know, once those kind of started rolling around, I was like, all right, like I got to finish this college season. You know, one more year. Unfortunately, it was the COVID year, so. Um, yeah. super weird, super weird season. Um, but 
I was like, all right, like if I can just keep a good head on my shoulders, keep the same work ethic, keep that same love and passion after the game, like, you know, hopefully this can uh, roll over into, into the NFL and make a career out of it. You had a big junior year, 51 catches, 392 yards, three touchdowns. And then you talk about the senior year. You have a new quarterback who's Chase Bryce, who actually ended up at App State. And you, you don't have the same production, but you, you had second team all ACC the year before, second team all American. And then going into draft night, what, what were your expectations going into draft night? Because I know for me, it was all over the place. This team said they were going to draft me. That team said they were going to draft me. This team said they were going to give me whatever, these contracts. Talk about your expectations going into the draft night and, and, and what that night was like. Yeah, so, you know, I tried to stay very uh, mellow and level-headed about it. Like, I, for me, I was like, I'm just going to think worst-case scenario, I'm going to go undrafted. Like, and yeah. like you said, like, there's a big uh, dip of my numbers. And, like, looking back on it, I didn't know how much that factored into it. Like, I didn't know. It's like, all right, the stats went down. Like, and I got a lot of questions about that in during the pre-draft process. Like, hey, what do you think was wrong? And they're trying to get me to, like, bash, you know, the outsource. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I never did. And I never will. You know what I mean? Like, we went, like, two and I think, like, two and nine that season. Our only wins was Syracuse and, like, Charlotte, you know, and, like, they were just as bad as we were, <laughs> you know? So, like, it it was, it was tough. Cause I was like, man, like I didn't, I wasn't the same, like same Noah quote unquote as I was my junior year. Um, but you know, I, I felt like as long as I go in and super positive and I kill these interviews and show them that I'm a pretty smart dude, um, in terms of football, you know, I'll be all right. And, you know, if I don't go drafted, you know, that's fine. Like I'll, you know, I, I pray that I'll get picked up by a team and I'll be able to show them what I got when it comes uh, training camp time. And fortunately for me, the Chiefs drafted me and, you know, I'm for the rest of my life, I'll be forever grateful because I don't think if I went if I went to another team, especially early on in my career, I don't think I'd be the same player that I am today. Yeah. You know, like having Kels and, and having guys like Pat and like the coaches that we do in Kansas City has been like huge. Like I never thought I would know this much about football, you know, and they uh, fortunately was drafted in the fifth round there. And, you know that was over exceeding my expectation though, you know, cause I was like, man, undrafted. Cool. Like I'm just going to get an opportunity. And then I got the call from KC and uh, you know, the rest is history. I'm two years in now. We're just having fun, man. That was my next question. I mean, for me, I have this same kind of like these legends, you know what I mean? I've eight Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. And then you, you go into a team that's ready to win a championship now. And then you're with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, two of the best players in the NFL. Now, Travis Kelsey's probably the, one or two greatest tight, greatest tight end of all time, either him or Gronk. And then Patrick Mahomes is headed that way towards being a quarterback. Talk about learning from those guys, because I know for me, it's it's been a big part of my rookie years, just learning from these these all-time greats. Dude, it's like a legit blessing. Like an absolute, like, I will forever be super thankful that, you know, Coach Reed and Brett Beach, you know, they drafted me to Kansas City. Because, like I said, I would not be the same player. Uh, Kels is like some for, like I get people come to me and say, "Oh, is Kels like a cocky dude? Is he just like you know he's the vet in the room? He's one of the greatest. Like, does he just keep to himself?" Man, he is the most like outgoing, humble, uh, just awesome type of teammate guy that you could have in a locker room. Like 
that dude like during OTAs, which is just kind of like these small little practices that we have. It's seven on seven, it's an individual drill, and then you're out of there. But that dude would like get done his rep and he would like watch like Jody, me, some of the other tight ends who are trying to make it. And like he would come back with feedback like every, after every play. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Like this dude, is, like you said, he's going to go down as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Yeah, I think he's the best. Obviously, I'm. Yeah, a little, little bias, a little bias. I think, but I think he's the best, man. And like, you know, to have a dude in the locker room that cared that much about what I was doing in OTAs and then have like see him consistently do that, like literally my entire two years that I've been in Kansas City, like that is something that was so like crazy to me. But like, I was like, man, I'm just so thankful that he's giving me the help. Like, I'm thankful that, you know, he's teaching me how to run a deep cross a different way versus cover three and in, in quarters. Like yeah. to have that kind of insight into what he's thinking, like that is so huge, bro. Cause when I go out there, like I can kind of like, you know, it just gives me more information and more knowledge uh, to be able to go execute my assignment. You know, our offense, like there's a lot of different ways to run a lot of different routes. And like, I've heard some other organizations and from coming from college, like you ran a basic cross one way, and this is how you ran it. And like here, it's like, man, this coverage, you run it like this. And if you see this or this happen, then you speed it, like stuff like that. I'm like, dude, you don't just like learn that. Like it takes time and years and yeah. he always had that. And uh, he, fortunately, he's he's literally like still to this day, he he continues to help, help me, help Jody, help all the guys in that room and, you know, help us be better. And we're a better tight end unit for it, dude. And you know, and in terms of Pat, you know, Pat's Pat, you know, he's a winner. And, uh, you know, having that mindset and having a guy like that, that just cares so much about the game, man, it's, it's been an absolute blessing to play with those guys. You know, they're the one thing I will say is they're just great teammates and, uh, I'm just yeah. very fortunate to play. I'm sure you feel that way with the guys that are in LA with you right now, but it's just yeah, it's awesome sure. being around a, a culture like that. Going off the NFL, just t- talk about a typical NFL day, week, because I think a lot of, like, people don't know, you guys are in there from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. on, on most days. C- can you just talk about that? Just give uh, the normal person a little uh, inside look. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that's pretty much... That's it. We're not till nine though. Like we're probably is that what y'all is that y'all schedule in LA? Definitely not us. Definitely not us, man. <laughs> I was about to say, man, that's crazy. Seven to nine, dude. I mean, I don't even know. Oh man, and you got like eighty five games. Um, yeah, we got no. Nah, I mean, 
we uh we have monday off so i'm chilling right now yeah. and tuesday we'll go and watch a little film and uh do a little lift and stuff like that and so monday and tuesday is pretty chill and then i think wednesday through friday is like the days where it's like we're in there watching film we got practice you know we got some other things and we got meetings after so we're probably in there from like know, like eight o'clock to five in the afternoon yeah um you know those days and then saturdays is kind of like a tempo down day just kind of finalizing some some things about the game plan and sunday we're just we're playing um you know and it's definitely tedious especially during like a 18 week schedule and like i said earlier it's like we're in kansas city we're gonna be in the playoffs and we got preseason uh, coach reed coach reed loves the practices hard you know and i love that you know i think like i'm a big believer in practice you know big believer in, in you know going out there and getting game speed reps um you know, and we, we, I think, uh, coach Reed does it the right way. So it's, um, it's definitely long. Um, it's tedious, but at the end of the day, like you and I were playing kids sports and, yeah. uh, I think that's what I try to like, I try to take the money out of it. Like I try not to think about like the contract or, um, you know, getting paid every week. Like I just try to focus on, man, I'm playing a kid's sport and this is supposed to be fun, you know? And I think at the beginning of my rookie year, like, it kind of got tough there because like, you know, I'm still trying to figure some things out. You know, the game is still pretty, it's still very fast. I don't care what anyone says NFL is fast, you know, and it's just like, there's a lot of information being thrown at you and then you got to go out and play full speed. And I just felt like I wasn't fully comfortable yet, like midway through my rookie year, but I was like, Oh, but you know, whatever, like I'm getting paid. And I think I needed to change that mindset a little bit. Cause like it just made the season feel so much longer. And like this year yeah. I came in, I was like, dude, I just need to have fun with it. I'm playing a kid's sport. Let's go out and like act like it's a kid's sport. Cause if I can have fun doing this, like, you know, I can do this all day, all year. And, um, yeah, I think that mind, I think that mindset kind of like helped me like this year. Like I, I love doing what I'm doing. Like I love going out there, playing with those guys, being around those guys. Um, and then we're a winning organization. So, you know, winning is a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, but I do think that mindset's kind of helped me out, especially with how long the, the season's done. Big time, man. I mean, like, I, I can just say from from me and you, we're just extremely blessed to be in these situations. And, and going off of that, just how important has your faith been on this journey uh, for you? Oh, so important. Man, all glory to God, dude. And I mean that sincerely. And yeah. uh, I actually, so like, I'd always say I was, uh, you know, a big believer uh, growing up, but you know, when I got to Kansas city, uh, I got drafted here. I came out here. My mom was like, Hey, I actually have a friend, um, who I grew up with, but, uh, she met this guy and he actually planted a church in uh, Kansas city. I was like, Oh really? Like, that's, that's crazy. Like, cool. So I didn't know anyone in Kansas city. So when I got here, um, I was like, Oh, I should probably make some connections. And so I was like, all right, like I should probably go to the church to like, you know, uh, meet them because it's you know respectful and stuff like that and yeah. I wasn't consistently going to church or consistently like all about that and in, in my faith like I was pretty immature um, but after like I had met him like him and his family and that church community helped me out so much and then from there I was like man I gotta ask questions I gotta continue figuring this out and then you know I ended up getting baptized like three months after that after talking with him and being a part of that community and man, let me tell you, like the faith, you know, faith in our savior, man, it's, it's taken a lot of weight off my shoulders. Like when things are, 
are stressful when, you know, last year, my rookie year, like we weren't winning all the time in our first like half of the season. We were up and down, like we were a 500 team for the first like eight, nine games. And, um, you know, it just kind of like helped like relax me and be like, man, this isn't about me. You know, this is something that's a lot bigger than me. Like I'm not here on my own. And I never really viewed that about football, which I think is why I was so stressed all the time in high school, like, man, I got to get to college. I got to do this, this, and this, you know? And like when I was in college, like, man, I got to do this and this to get to the NFL when I got time in my junior year. And, uh, you know, so I think like having that faith and being like, man, like, I'm just going to give all my stress to God. I'm going to let him take that, you know, and I'm just going to do, I'm just going to work hard and do the things that he gave me and utilize all the talents he gave me, um, and glorify him doing so. And honestly, dude, it's taken a lot of stress, off my shoulders, um, especially going into year two. Yeah, man, that's amazing. I, I know me and you were, were very outspoken on social media of just how 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 good God is. You know what I mean? This is after my sophomore year at Villanova, I, I totally transformed my mindset of just of believing, um, doing right by God, and and He's taking care of us for sure, man. And I, like I said, I'm just super super proud of you, man. Uh, obviously, it's been a great great interview and podcast, and I'm, I'll, I'll always be rooting for you, my guy. Oh, man, I'll be rooting for you too, brother. Man, I'm excited for you to get back and get on the, the court this year, man. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Noah Gray signing off. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. At Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast, and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.